Hey, welcome to the Fantasy Football Genius Podcast, where winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. Stay tuned if you want to crush your fantasy football league. Hey, welcome to the Fantasy Football Genius. Chris here, your host, sitting with the genius, Jameson Black. How's it going, everybody? Hope you guys are having a good week and ready for the upcoming week six that starts tonight with the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the New York Football Giants. Let's go, Giants. I don't know. Hey, today's podcast, we're pumped for uh, week six. Uh, we got five things we want to talk about. We're going to talk about a shout-out to a uh, commenter on Instagram. We have the overreaction corner. We also have some listener and interaction from instagram injuries from week four and what to oh, keep an eye on week six the genius oh, sorry, had, week had, six. genius had the wrong thing on the little uh update here <laughs> uh typo and then we also will end with the best matchups for week six so uh let's get right into it first we want to give a shout out to t chapman 007 thank you for your support and good luck in your week Six matchups. Boom. T. Chapman, we love you. Thanks for following us. Good luck. Hopefully you can pull out the W's and get those wins rolling. Jump right into it. Okay, so overreaction corner. Uh, should Leonard Fournette... Should Leonard Fournette owners panic with him being out yet another week? And with that said, what could you get in return for a trade for the Jags or running back? I'm actually sitting with that in a couple leagues. Uh, I... I didn't like Fournette going into the season for some reason. I had a bad feeling on him, but he fell to me. And obviously, when he falls to you, you can't overlook a player like that. So I took him. Kind of regretting that. I wish I would have stuck to my guns and avoided him this year. But I think with Fournette, I'm hearing numerous different things out there. I think there's, uh, I've heard rumors about maybe four to five weeks sitting out. I've heard rumors about him maybe being back in a couple weeks. I think... I don't know exactly what you're going to get out of Fournette and the trade um, nowadays. I mean, unless you can find someone that's not on top of the news, on top of everything going on, uh, you're not going to get return value for Fournette. Because if you look at what he's done, he's he went out in the first quarter in week one, didn't play two or three, went out in the first quarter in week five or four, I'm sorry, and then played last week. So he's played two quarters out of what a total of 20 quarters, five games. So you're not going to get uh, return value for him like you want to. If you can get a high-end running back, too, I definitely would try to uh, go after it. Just because Fournette with that hamstring injury, with a running back, that someone like that, like Fournette, those hamstring injuries are not fun to deal with. And I think we're going to be dealing with that for the season, rest of the season moving forward. Yes, agreed. Hey, so uh, Le'Veon Bell, when he comes back, will James Conner, his, will his production take a dive? I've actually heard some interesting, uh, some more interesting news on, on Pittsburgh. Steelers are coming out saying they want to make sure Connor gets more carries when Bell comes back. That, as a Bell owner and a Connor owner, is very, very alarming, interesting. However you want to, however you want to take it. I think Connor has earned the right to get more, more yes. snaps, but it's still Le'Veon Bell. You're still going to want to get him the ball, and he's not going to sign there next year. So are the Steelers going to want to run him into the ground and? Make sure they get their whatever whatever they can get out of him. Also, hearing rumors about trades for Le'Veon Bell for teams. I still think the best fit for him in the NFL is the Green Bay Packers. I don't know why the Packers are not trying to go after him. 
Philadelphia, we'll talk about that a little later, but I think Philadelphia is a nice fit for, um, for Le'Veon Bell if they want to trade. And if you're, you're looking at a team that are Super Bowl caliber, you can win a Super Bowl this year, why wouldn't you want to give up a first-round draft pick for a player of Bell's caliber and maybe sign him long-term and get the, the, uh, the long-term? If you're a Connor owner, I've had, uh, uh, I've had a lot of people asking about, do I trade Connor, do I keep Connor? All depends on the depth that you have. Once Bell comes back and he does come to the Steelers, if he plays for the Steelers, I best-case scenario for Connor is he's going to be a 60-40, him being the 40 um, carries to and touches. and You don't want that out of your – right now he's playing like an RB1, low-end uh, low RB1, high-end RB2. He's playing yeah. that caliber. He's not going to be there when Bell, if Bell comes back for the Steelers. He's not going to be that way. But I don't think – like, again, it goes back to the Fournette owners – Fantasy owners are very smart. They, there's, so, there's so much news and so much information out there. You hear what's going on with the players, and people know that Connor is not going to be the starter come at, after the bye week, especially if um, Bell is playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. If you can get same thing, if you can get fair value for him, if you can get a, a high-end RB2 for him, absolutely pull the trigger. Um, bring him in. Bring that player in. If you can get someone like Joe Mixon, love the trade. But I just don't think that a lot of people are going to be going after Connor in a trade now with the news of Bell coming back after the bye week. Yeah, agreed. It's a tough one. Let's wait to see how it plays out. Um, next one, overreaction corner. Should I look to trade Alvin Kamara with Ingram back? That's an, we, we had a little discussion about the, Steel, uh, about the Saints, how they looked on Monday night. And that team looked fantastic. Looked good. And it's just Ingram, I think... I think that's 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 a very your typical overreaction. I think if you're looking to trade Alvin Kamara, uh, something's not right, and you're not uh, thinking correctly, because Alvin Kamara he's still a stud. Look what they did last year. They're going to use him the correct way. I think they they overused him, and they may have overused him with Ingram out. They didn't want to get him that many touches, I believe, but they had to because he was just pounding the ball and doing everything on offense. And the thing with Kamara is, the guy can do it running, passing kick returns, special teams. He can do it any, any way that on the field. And so he doesn't have to get you the points one way or the other. Kamara can get you it in mul- multiple different ways. And I think well, Monday night was just the game way, the way that the game play, played out. Kamara's first, uh, first game with um, Ingram back. You're, they're looking to limit his touches and try to go and maybe use it as, as an extra bye week for Kamara. But I think coming out of the bye week is going to be the exact same way we saw it last year. Both Ingram and Kamara are going to be great plays for you. Kamara is going to be your RB1, and Ingram is a low-end RB1, high-end RB2 moving forward. I have no issue with either players moving forward. Yeah, Kamara is definitely a ranked number one right now. Um, if he's not number one, he's in the top three. That's a rough call to try to get rid of him right now. I mean, also, I mean, what are you going to get back for him? I mean, yeah. you're not going to get, I mean, best-case scenario, you get Todd Gurley back. Is a Todd Gurley owner going to trade Todd Gurley for Ingram? Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, for uh, Kamara? Yeah. No. I mean, it's, it, it, that's, that's the only player that I'm going to be trading for to get something fair value of that back from Kamara is, is uh, Todd Gurley, and it's just a wash pretty much in my book. Yeah, so uh, moving on, what about Julio Jones? Uh, lack of touchdowns uh, in the production. It seems to be going to the number two, number three wide receivers on that offense, Sanu and Ridley. I have no idea what the what – the, uh, Atlanta Falcons think. I mean, you have a One player. Four. You have a player of Julio Jones's caliber, and he's not getting peppered with with uh, targets. He's not getting looked. I mean, they don't even sniff his way in the red zone. I don't understand how you'd have a player of that caliber 
and it's not a fluke. It's happened numerous years. Julio Jones doesn't get the looks in the red zone. I don't know why he doesn't get the touchdowns like he should. My bold call is this weekend he plays the, uh, I believe it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I think not only does Julio Jones get in the end zone once, he gets in the end zone two or maybe even three times and destroys his value on any um, DFS site, obviously returns value for your season-long leagues, and he's my number one receiver this week against the horrible pass defense that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Lock him in, DFS players. Lock him in as your cash games, GPPs. He will be the number one receiver in fantasy football this week. Wow, big, big call there. Big call. Two, two, three touchdowns. He's going, he's going off. He's. I saw an interesting stat um, on uh, Twitter the other day. Someone uh, looked at his when he's under eight thousand dollars on DraftKings. He has absolutely crushed his value on DraftKings, and I'm and I'm a big thing on, on, on that happen when it happens once, when it happens twice, when it happens three times. It's not a fluke. It's a reason. Mr. Julio Jones dominating this weekend against the Buccaneers. You heard it here first. Big call. Okay. So, hey, so leading into that, who, who would you think is your first quarter fantasy MVP? Actually, you know what? Before we get to that, let's go, uh, let's go down to the, question, the big question uh, in Philly. Rumors. Rumors are good. Whispers. In the dark, is it that uh, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, or LaShawn McCoy could be traded to the Eagles? That is a very interesting. I've I've uh, I've, th- I've thought about because I own all three of them in different, obviously different leagues. I own all three players in different leagues, and who would I rather have in that offense? I think for fantasy wise, I think Le'Veon Bell would be an absolutely beast in that offense. You put Le'Veon Bell behind Carson Wentz, and then you have. Alshon Jeffrey, you have Nelson Aguilar, and you have Zach Ertz in the passing game. Add in Le'Veon Bell, and that offense goes from borderline, eh. I mean, they don't look like the the, the Super Bowl champions um, right now, but if you put Bell on that offense with Ajayi out, I think they're going to be doing something. Are they going to go with one of those three studs? I think it's a very good possibility. Fantasy-wise, I think it's Le'Veon Bell. My personal opinion for the uh, – for the team on football-wise, I think David Johnson would be the best fit there um, just by what he does. Yeah. He, he's, a, he's a lesser version of Le'Veon Bell, but how much of a lesser version, obviously, is not very less. So as a coach, um, what do you think? If, if, if you're the Eagles GM, you're the Eagles coach, which one of those players would you want to come? Do you want a 30-year-old LaShawn McCoy, or do you want a dual pass-rush combo of Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson? Who are you looking to bring in? Uh, Sean McCoy definitely a no go on my end. Um, he'd be a one, one and done. I think he, he's he's winding down. Uh, David Johnson would be my my pick definitely. I think he's uh, he's underutilized right now in that offense in Arizona. And man, they are just they're just not that good. And, going uh, going back to David Johnson, if you are if you have an owner panicking on David Johnson, I have liked what I've seen out of I David Johnson with Josh Rosen as the quarterback yeah. there in Arizona. I think he's a buy buy low if you can. He's starting to show that he's getting, but again, like like you said, he's not getting utilized. But yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, Bell and Philly would be amazing for the Eagles. So that's what I do. Yeah, good. Moving on. Um, who is? Uh, let's hit this one. The MVP. Who was the first quarter's fantasy MVP through the first five games? NFL quarterback. I mean, coaches love to break the season down in quarters. We should have done this last week. We're doing it this week through five weeks. I have my MVPs. I have five of them out there. 
I have a couple quarterbacks, a couple running backs, and wide receiver. We asked Instagram to, to send some information. Some great, uh, great feedback, as, as always, with, the, with the, everybody out there on Instagram. Love that feedback. Love the uh, interaction with you guys out there. Um, my MVPs, I give it to Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, Alvin Kamara, Todd Gurley, and Michael Thomas. You're looking with Brees. He, broke the, uh, he, he leads the NFL now in total touchdowns uh, as a quarterback. Did that on Monday night, and obviously he looks good. You put Ingram on that offense, and he looks better. Patrick Mahomes, what the, that guy? That guy is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, Alvin Kamara, we talked about him. I think maybe Kamara maybe takes a little bit of a hit in that MVP race. Uh, maybe Gurley overtakes him, and Michael Thomas, 46 receptions through five games. He's looking to not only break Marvin Harrison's reception record, but shatter it with a, with a uh, strength, power. However you want to talk about it. Those are my and so I I think of those five I think I give the MVP to the early MVP, Mr. Patrick Mahomes out there in Kansas City. Love what they're doing. I think he's becoming a must play. I think he's becoming a matchup proof quarterback. Doesn't matter who he plays. Played the Broncos. Played the uh, Jaguars. Looked the I mean it didn't look horrible in either one of those matchups. Mr. Mahomes is becoming matchup proof and he's my early MVP for the 2018 NFL season. Ooh, big call there, Patrick Mahomes. First year. Hey, I don't know, running backs, we've been doing well, too. Um, okay, so let's move on to the next one. Who was the first quarter, quarter dud? Duds. You love those weeks. duds. Um, well, you have two of them that are injury or not playing. I think you have to, just because where they're drafted, Leonard Fournette, Le'Veon Bell have to be up there in the duds just because they're not on the football field. Um, but players that are actually playing this season, you have LaShawn McCoy, 170 yards rushing, 64 receiving, zero. Not a single touchdown. You have Amari Cooper. I was high on Amari Cooper. I apologize to anybody out there that went with my advice of targeting Mr. Amari Cooper this year. I thought him and John Gruden's offense this year. Gruden loves to find that one receiver that he loves to pepper targets to with his quarterback. Amari Cooper is a dud. He's a player that's, you know... You, you don't want to bench him because he has a chance to go up. But then again, you don't want to start him because he had a chance for the one catch, one target last week. Um... I wailed, I whiffed, I totally struck out with that Cooper pick. And I also think you have to put in Doug Baldwin in that conversation as well. Doug Baldwin has looked horrible, um, and especially with that knee injury. I told everybody that I was not high on. So, I mean, so yes, I, I bombed on Cooper, but I also called that you didn't want to go after uh, David ba- uh, Doug Baldwin in uh, season long this year just because of the injury that he was coming up with the preseason and the offseason. Um, if I'm going to give an award for the dud of the year, I think it's Le'Veon Bell you give the dud to, but because he's coming back, I mean, just because Le'Veon Bell in a lot of leagues went number one overall pick. That's a huge loss for your team. Most likely you're probably sitting at one and four, oh and five. Can you make the playoffs at that record? I think if you give it to Bell, if you give it to a player that's actually played, it's hands down LaShawn McCoy. So if it has to be a player that's played a snap, you give it to McCoy. Overall, I think it's Bell just because of where he was drafted at and where you're sitting at as a fantasy owner. You're probably looking at, well, there's always next year. Yeah, for sure. Dud City. Uh, moving on here, let's talk about some injuries. When injuries from uh, week five. Week six. Again, the, ge- the genius uh, failed on his... Uh, the, the genius <laughs> failed on uh, changing his... Uh, his uh, no, week five podcast. Week. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, week, week five Move last week. week Moving into week six. Sorry. Uh, it's early. Early on a, on a Thursday morning. Um, 
So going into the going into the week, we had T.Y. Hilton, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, all with hamstring injuries, not play. Lamar Miller was active but didn't play. With Greg Olson not play. Allison with a concussion. Randall Cobb with another hamstring. O.J. Howard, Evan Gingham, and Giovanni Bernard all not play last week. Of those, I think you obviously we know Fournette's not playing this week. Cook is very doubtful, and as is T.Y. Hilton. Sounds like Lamar Miller might play. He's uh, looking to play, but I think Houston may be looking at if you're in a season long and you have the roster spot, Donta Foreman. Keep an eye on him. I think he might be the starter once he's able to come back on the football field. And then last week we saw Saquon Barkley. Um, I don't know if a lot of people saw that injury. Yeah. That touchdown that he scored, he jumped into the end zone. Looked like he tweaked his knee. Hopefully that knee is fine. Sounds like it is. Um, we saw Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup go down with concussions in the game with the matchup against the Denver Broncos. Weak secondary and weak pass defense. You know they both want to be on the field, but those concussions, you have to pass the league's uh, protocol for that. I don't know. I think Cooks is not going to play for sure just because of this past history and um, of the concussion, that kind of stuff. Cup might, might have a little better of a chance, but I think both players are very iffy to play. We have Matt Breda. Uh, hurt his ankle in the uh, game on Sunday. Uh, sounds like he might miss this week, but it doesn't sound like it's a very serious injury, which is good for Breda owners. We saw another Jags uh, running back go down. Corey Grant, who was the third stringer, but he backed up. TJ Yeldon last week. He's out for the year with a list Frank injury. Put on the IR on Monday. And we also saw Rashard Higgins with a knee injury. Um, hopefully it's not anything serious because it looks like that passing game in the Cleveland. Now, if I told you the Browns were going to be a solid team this year, what would you say? They were. They could be Seriously, they could be sitting at 4-1. 5-0. The Cleveland Browns could be sitting at that record. If I told you that back in July. I don't know. Do you give me any respect for that kind of call? Yeah, actually I would. Watching Hard Knocks, I thought there were some good good elements there. Um, I mean, and going back to the injuries, uh, let's keep an eye on Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller, and DeAndre Hopkins. Fuller and Hopkins have been on the, on the uh, injury list every week. I, I don't think it's going to affect Hopkins, but Watson, I don't know if you watched some of that game, Watson got a bunch of big hits that... Uh, Took him a little time to get up and recover from those. I, if, if he plays that way, the Houston Texans are not going to have their quarterback for the rest of the season. He'll barely make it to the halfway point if he keeps playing the way he is. He needs to. These quarterbacks need to learn to get down, throw the ball away, don't try to do everything themselves. And if you do have Fuller or Hopkins, even if you don't, I'm probably going to butcher his name, but Kiki Kuti, Kuti. Um Fuller and Hopkins, we yeah. know Fuller's past history with uh, Cutie. Cutie. You know Fuller has a past history with hamstring injuries, and if he is, if uh, Kiki is going to be on the field, he's shown that he can be very productive in that offense. And we know both Fuller and Hopkins are injured injured right now. Cutie could be a solid pickup if he's not taken in your league. Go ahead and pick him up. You don't even have to be a Fuller or Hopkins owner to pick him up. I like Cutie moving forward for uh, season long, and also for the Packers. Last week with both Cobb and. Um, Allison out. We saw Marquez, Valdez, Scatling have a nice game. I think he's a pickup in most leagues. And let's not forget who his quarterback is there in Green Bay throwing him the ball, Mr. One Aaron Rodgers. Those are a couple of ads that I'm looking at uh, having. already have Cutie in a few leagues. Looking at Valdez, Scantling as well uh, moving forward to see if he has anything in the tank for the second half. Yeah, yeah. So uh, injuries, injuries, lots of injuries. Week five, moving into week six. Uh, let's go on to matchup questions for week six. Number one, Ezekiel Elliott versus Jacksonville or Christian McCaffrey at Washington? 
Uh, the Jags' defense scares me. Um, I love Ezekiel Elliott. He's a great player. But if I'm picking one or the other, I'm picking McCaffrey, and I'm probably playing him a lot in cash games over on DraftKings where the, uh, they have the PPR point per reception. I think McCaffrey's a solid play against the Washington Redskins. We saw what the uh, New Orleans Saints did to them on Monday night. McCaffrey is in for a huge game this week. I think you play McCaffrey over Elliott in season long if you're able to get both. You're obviously starting them. But if you're playing DFS, you're playing McCaffrey over Elliott and saving a little money by doing so. So McCaffrey over Elliott. Number two, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady in the Sunday night game? Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, big call over the As goat. a Bronco fan, it hurts to say that, but um, Broncos are going to be facing them twice a year, and I don't like it. We know the Patriots are not what they have been on defense in years past, and we know the Chiefs are horrible on offense. I mean, I'm sorry, horrible on defense. So that means both offenses are going to be having a lot of success. But give me Patrick Mahomes in a primetime matchup against the Patriots. I like, this, I like the Patriots to win that game right around like something like 38-30 with both quarterbacks going off. But I think Mahomes gets a little bit more just because he's going to be playing from behind more than Tom Brady will be. But then again, it is Brady. It is Belichick. They don't care what the score is. They're going to run, this, run the score if they can. But give me Mahomes in a close matchup between the Tom Brady versus Mahomes matchup. It could be a shootout. Okay, Julio Jones or Mike Evans in an important earlier division, early division matchup? I already told you my number one receiver, so that kind of answers that question. Julio Jones, um, uh, if, if I have both, I'm looking pretty solid with both receivers there. I mean, there's a very, very good possibility you have Julio Jones in the first round, you pick him, and then you took Mike Evans in the second or third round. Um, give me Julio Jones as the number one receiver this year, but I have Mike Evans, I believe, in my top five this week as well. I think both players are absolutely solid plays, and if you can play both in DFS, do so in a shootout with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, good, good. Okay, so AB, a. Antonio Brown or AJ Green in another early crucial divisional matchup. You ready for your mind to get blown? AJ Green? Give me Juju Smith-Schuster and give me Tyler uh, Boyd. Yeah, over both number men. twos. I like number twos in that offense. Um, AJ Green has had up and down, up and down games against the um, Joe Hayden there in Pittsburgh, uh, even during Hayden's days in Cleveland. I like Juju Smith-Schuster over Brown just because of what he can do and the money he saves you on uh, in salary on DFS. And Tyler Boyd, he's looking like he is possibly becoming yeah. Andy Dalton's number one receiver. I mean, it's crazy to say you have AJ Green on a team. But I've been very impressed with Boyd this year. He kind of flew under my radar of a player that I was going to be targeting in season-long leagues. Um, so give me give me the number twos in both those both those games. Obviously, Brown Green, they're going to have good games. They're going to have solid games. I think that's another game that's going to be a sneaky shootout. Um, a lot of those uh, those North games are very defensive-prone, but we know the Steelers' defense is not that of years past, and we know the Bengals have given up big points as well. I like a shootout, but I like the number twos being a better play than both number ones, but all four are excellent options this week six. Okay. And finally, last matchup, Derek Carr versus Seattle or Baker Mayfield versus the Chargers. That one is very interesting. I think if you're over on FanDuel, I think it's Derek Carr. If you're over on DraftKings, it's Baker Mayfield for salary-wise. Um. I'm going to say Mayfield in season long. If, you, if, if you're playing the waiver wire quarterback play, I think Baker Mayfield's a solid game. And let's look at his schedule for the upcoming 
the upcoming season, I think Baker Mayfield has a very favorable schedule for passing offenses um, in the next few games. I like Mayfield as a pickup and stash play and pick up and play this week against the Chargers. That game's probably going to be a game that the Browns are going to have to score um, to keep up with Phillip Rivers and that and that offense there in, in uh, Los Angeles. And a bold call, I think uh, my old Broncos may uh, make a push for Derek Carr in the offseason as a possible trade. That's a uh, th- thing I, I, I've been kind of kicking around. Derek Carr is not a player that I think uh, it fits John Gruden's offense there in Oakland and with all those draft picks they got for um, Khalil Mack. <clears throat> what a horrible trade that was. Um, but he got a bunch of first-round draft picks for um, Khalil Mack, and if he gets some draft picks from the Broncos for Carr, then he can go after who he wants to, and if Carr goes to the Broncos, I'm just not sold on Case Keenum, and I think Carr is a better quarterback than people give him respect for. But in this matchup, give me Mayfield. Mayfield it is. Well, hey, that concludes our Week 6 podcast for the Fantasy Football Genius. We're so excited that you were here today. Hey, we just want you guys to make sure to uh, follow us on Instagram. It's fantasy football underscore genius underscore. Uh, just check that, check that out. We're constantly posting every single week. We've also got some uh, sales coming up. Five bucks pretty much gives you access to everything on the back end, all the articles, um, all the secret inf- inf- information, the community stuff. That is $5 a week or $29 for the entire year. Uh, check us out. Definitely, definitely be worth it. Uh, also, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Sports Genius, and always check us out at, on our website at www.fantasyfootballgenius.com for your season-long and DFS needs for this football season. We thank you. We hope you get the W's this week in fantasy football. You got Thursday night football. It's like uh, the games keep on rolling. The season's moving along. Before you know, the season can be over. So make sure you get in there, play your matchups, win those leagues, and take home those trophies. Good luck in week six, and we'll see you next week.